0: Hey, it's Dr. Michael Rich, the Mediatrician. I'm a practicing pediatrician, a child health researcher, and a lifelong filmmaker who understands how powerfully screens can engage and change us. As a doctor who sees and works with kids every day, I see how they struggle with the screens from the smartphones in their pockets to the televisions on the walls, the computers throughout their schools. And I also see the concern many parents have for the way the media these kids use and how they use them may be affecting their physical, mental, and social health. Mediatrics educator Christelle Lavallee joins me here each week to address your questions.
1: Yes, I do. Happy to be here. Thanks, Michael. So, this next question comes to us from Philip. He's a dad who lives in Connecticut. And he writes, my high schooler is in her junior year and has a lot of homework. She enjoys music and movies and messaging her friends. And I know she's working hard, but I can't help but feel that she's overloading herself when she does all of these things at the same time. How can I help her better multitask with media?
0: Great question, Philip, um, because it directly addresses what I call the myth of multitasking. Ooh, The human brain is actually incapable Of multitasking. What we are actually doing when we believe we are multitasking is rapidly switching from one task to another. Um, And there are many experiments that have been done with this, often with very smart students, such as those at MIT or Stanford. Mm -hmm. And what they've done is they've had them do a homework problem, basically, um, in different conditions. And what they find is that while when multitasking between, say, writing an essay, reading a, a, a story, uh, doing math problems, and going on instant messaging, and having music running, etc., is that while they may be able to cover more territory when doing this, that that information is not well retained, and they make many more mistakes when they are doing the work. So. Hmm. What we're seeing is that they are trying to do many things quite superficially and they are covering more ground, but they're not thinking about it in deep, reflective ways, which is what it really takes to do good homework. That must have been
1: very humbling for those Stanford and MIT students to realize.
0: <laughs> it was. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them realized it and some of them discounted it and didn't. Believe it, right? <laughs> you know, they said, I'm still going on in my own merry way. And this brings up an interesting question, which is should we be worried that we're not doing things the same way, or should we accept that our way of thinking and approaching problems is actually evolving? We don't want to be Luddites and say, because this is not working the way it used to work, it's not the right thing to do. So we have to remain open to the fact that we need to really negotiate these new environments of information that we are in, in ways that allow us to produce the new and to understand and be creative with that. Now, admittedly, a lot of that does require the kind of deep reflective thinking that is not happening when we think we are multitasking. So maybe what we need to do is acknowledge that we are monotasking and do that in ways that allow us to cover territory, but to cover it in ways that we retain and that we don't make mistakes so much.
1: Okay, so how can Phil help his daughter with that? You know, he sees her, she's working on her homework, but she's got all of this other stuff going on, which, as you're saying, is probably taking away her attention from her monotasking, which should be on her homework. What can he say to his daughter to help her kind of recenter and focus and maybe turn off the movies and the music?
0: Well, one interesting thing, particularly with teenagers, is that presenting them with the research that was done... Um, usually doesn't convince them because I'm <laughs> not shocked <laughs> because, because that affects other kids, but not me. Of course, you know? that was
1: in a lab, it's that has what, nothing to do with right. her in her bedroom.
0: Well, it's also the third person syndrome, which yeah. is you know, violent video games make other kids more aggressive, but it doesn't affect me because I'm smarter and faster and whatever. Yeah, I can do it right? all, right? Exactly, I can do it all. I'm a teen, um, but have her do an experiment. Oh, I like where this is going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and one experiment, experiment you can do, and, and this is a fun one to do, is have her take a plain piece of paper, draw a line through the middle of it, and on the top to write out the words, I can multitask as much as I want. <laughs> right? And then on the second half to write 1 through 21, the numerals. Okay. And to time that. See how long it takes her to write that. Flip the paper over, cut it in half, or draw a line through the middle. And at the top, write, I can multitask as much as I want and do the numbers one through 21, but to do it alternating from I to one, C to two. Oh, I'm totally right, following. And yeah. time how long it takes her to do it.
1: Guessing it takes longer.
0: You think? <laughs> it actually usually takes people twice or three times as long to do it that way. Oh, because wow. they have to shift frames between the two.
1: Yeah, your focus.
0: Another experiment you can do, which is to duplicate one that's been done in the lab, which is to have her be writing an essay and listen to music that has words. To lyric, lyric music? Lyric music gotcha. in her own language. Okay. And listen to instrumental music or... With words in a language she does not understand. And see the difference. Because what we have found, because a lot of kids, a lot of kids say, I can't study without music Yeah, every
1: kid I talk to says that.
0: Um, And what we find is that even songs that you know by heart require cognitive energy to interact with. Because you're
1: like singing along. You've got it. You know it's coming up. You like it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
0: And... We actually had an interesting sort of point in in science where people believed the Mozart effect. In other words, when kids were listening to Mozart, their mathematical skills were be smarter. better. Smarter,
1: yeah, right.
0: Um, and what actually they were measuring was the fact that Mozart did not have words, oh, and no way. and so they it they were basically performing at their best, but they were, you know, not performing better because of the Mozart.
1: Gotcha. Right? They're, yeah. Um, okay. So wow, that's it's so a, interesting. Right, I feel like so, that's a rumor that still
0: persists. Oh, oh of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, um, because it sells records. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> anyway. Um, but, no, I think that um, we need to really think exactly about what we're doing and do it in a way that is not caught in the past in the sense of the way I did homework was the way it always has to be done, but to say, how can we be the most productive and how can we do the best work possible? And I think there's not enough attention given to reflective thinking. Um, And here's another thing that's slightly related to this that I'm hearing a lot from educators, and that is that kids are not bothering to memorize things, hmm. to really understand and basically um, integrate into their knowledge base how photosynthesis works or what the Civil War was, et cetera. And what they find is that they will say, I don't need to learn that. I can Google it. Oh, But what they Google. don't have as a result is the building blocks to put together ideas in new ways. And so they don't if have they that are foundation. not exactly they're yeah. not putting together the those elements that allow them to reconfigure and think about things in a new way. And so that's, so that's really the value of reflective thinking because it's the basis of innovation and creativity.
1: That's that's so good. So after after Phil has has kind of created this lab in his daughter's bedroom uh-huh. <laughs> and shown her, okay, you're not so great at multitasking like you think you are. Also, we know that it's really important for his daughter to have that reflective thought. What, you know, what can he recommend? How can he give his daughter a really good study space or homework space?
0: Well, rather than giving his daughter a homework space, have his daughter design it with him.
1: Oh, in other I words, like that. Say, I think she'll like that too. Right,
0: because again, if you can give her ownership over this, you can harness her desire to do well, and you can actually have her demonstrate to herself, not to you, how well she does in all these conditions with music, without music, with music, with words, with other screens going on, et cetera.
1: Okay, because I feel like she'll, she'll say, okay, this is my perfect... Set up, and it's got the music, it's got the movies, it's got the phone out, all of that. So this is going to be almost like a trial and error type situation, a negotiation between her and Dad about,
0: you know. Yeah, and and let's face facts. Um, Regardless of what she says she's going to do to Dad, if she doesn't believe that she does better in a monotasking situation, she's going to sneak the other stuff in anyway. True. Right? I mean, she will have that English essay Front and center on her computer screen when dad walks by, but it's hiding the music she's downloading and the videos she's looking and the instant messaging windows that are open underneath it.
1: Thank you so much, Philip, for writing in and sharing your experience. I hope this advice was helpful for you. For our listeners out there who are interested in more subjects like this, as well as the science behind them, you can find all of our resources at askthemediatrician.org. You can also connect with our Mediatrician on Twitter at Mediatrician and submit your own question at askthemediatrician.org. Thank you so much for listening, and please make sure that you subscribe and share this podcast.
0: Enjoy your media and use them wisely, preferably one at a time. And enjoy your daughter and help her to study wisely.
1: Ask the Mediatrician is hosted by Dr. Michael Rich. Joined by mediatrics educator Christelle LaValley. Jill R. Kavanaugh is our chief knowledge officer. Original music composed by Christopher Cerf. Podcast and music recorded, mixed, and edited at Saturn Sound Studios. Executive producer, Alicia Haywood.